Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm from sunny California, the Golden State, now living in beautiful Beijing, city of museums. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Sure, I am also in Beijing. I'm sitting right next to Jason, which, uh, which I'm always happy about. I am from the Northeast part of China, and we're talking about some really, really, really happy topics today. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Yeah, I actually, I'm particularly excited about this. Now, same, same, same. We have COVID 19 optimization as of December 7th. And a lot of people did spend a few weeks at home, but there are all kinds of changes now from inbound travel, outbound travel, and a return to normalcy here in China. Mm. International media have shown the calm of China in the wake of the changes to Dynamic Zero. But Alex and I are actually in Beijing, and we're going to tell you what it's really like in the capital. Yeah, we're going to tell you what we have witnessed for the past couple of weeks. Well, let's talk about the obvious stuff. Did you get COVID? I did. And could you tell us about your experience, Alex? I, you know, I was very lucky or unlucky in a, in, <laughs> in a certain way. First of all, I just want to say that none of the symptoms are good for you, of course, <laughs> but I am sure a lot of us have heard people saying, oh God, I lost like four kilos, five kilos because mm. of COVID, because of the fever and extremely sore throats mm, that they mm. couldn't really, or some people lost their smell and their taste, which I actually did for a couple of days as oh, well. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, I didn't have the sore throat. So I actually didn't lose weight. <laughs> it didn't stop me from eating anything. And when I was having the fever, <laughs> my thing is whenever I, I'm sick, I always think my body needs more fuel to fight the sickness. Mm. So I try to give it even more than I usually mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And my dad, because I haven't, I only saw my dad uh, yesterday and I have, I prior to that point, I hadn't seen him for like, I think a month. Mm. And he somehow got the idea that when you get COVID, you're going to go through some really uh, struggling couple of days and you're going to lose a lot of weight. And mm-hmm. my my dad texted me in the in on, on WeChat in the family group and he was trying to be like loving and caring and he said, Oh, my poor daughter, I'm sure you lost weight, right? I was like, I didn't send you any photos of me. Where did you get that idea from? Mm. And he goes, But you know, people who lose weight. I'm like, not me. I real quick context, were you vaccinated? Yes, I was fully vaccinated. I did the two Sinovac uh, vaccines and I did the booster shot. Mm-hmm. Was the booster also Sinovac? Uh, yeah, I think and so. We have this. I had three Sinovac, 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 Sinovac. So, yeah. yeah. I was uh, fully vaccinated, I think, the beginning of last year. How many days, weeks were you at home, in bed, not working much? Uh, it kept me in bed for like maybe like two and a half days. And then the fourth day I was just choosing to stay in bed (laughs) because, you know, the fever has, you know, fever was gone, Mm -hmm. but you you still feel pretty weak. And then at that point, because I was one of the later waves of people that got it. So I was trying to follow everybody's advice of not getting overly zealous once you start to feel a little bit better Mm -hmm. and make sure you rest a lot. And I was like, great, great excuse for me. So actually we stayed in 
we stayed in bed and my boyfriend was already better at that point, but he still chose to stay in bed with me. <laughs> you know, we just, <laughs> we stayed in bed all day and we finished, uh, the white Lotus well, the whole series, whole my season. This is a little bit worse than yours. Maybe because I'm older. Or you got it earlier. I don't know. I, oh, I, yeah. They said, okay, everything's open December 7th. And I was like, okay. And I, I was like, I'm going to keep going and exercising. And everyone's like, oh. home staying time. And I was like, why? So I went yeah. to the park over and over and uh, trying to get my 10,000 steps a day, which was the thing for me before. Yeah. And then I think I got my symptoms December 8th or 9th. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm not going out to play. Anymore. Yeah. I was in bed for two or three or four days. Uh-huh. And then I was really tired for a week or two. And basically yeah. I'm in a big group of people, foreigners with uh, green cards. Mm-hmm. And one of the people in this group is particularly good with statistics. So he put together like a series of 20 questions about everything related to COVID. And when you look at the data and this data is actually available, I think it was published on the Beijing or two uh-huh. from this group of like 600 of us, um, it found that there was no, almost no one in this entire group had ever had COVID in their entire history of living in China. And then suddenly right around the same days, everybody got it. Yeah. yeah, It was like 80 or 90% of everyone. There's a big bell curve. Everyone had COVID and then everyone was over it by Christmas. So two weeks, everyone was out. And that was basically my experience of seeing Beijing because even after a couple a week or so, I went to the grocery store and stuff. And yeah, it was a ghost town. Absolutely. Even when they announced, okay, everyone can go out. Beijing became a ghost town instantly because everyone was like, "Uh oh, and can't move. And then now, like by by Christmas, by New Year's especially, New Year's Eve, Beijing was exploding with life and it's all... My experience has been that everything's back to normal. Would you say that um, people are going out to in on your side of the city? Yeah. And suddenly soon, are people back out on the streets? Oh, absolutely. The traffic is back. The traffic. The traffic. And that's the thing. That's the thing people talk about the most, which is, you know, I hate to say it, but it's, you know how people talk about... Uh, Los Angeles and the way yeah. Los Angelians make conversations. I don't know if that's what they want to call themselves. <laughs> Dalton is from there. Yes. Yeah. But they're always like, oh my God, the traffic and driving to work, mm-hmm. this highway, that highway. Mm-hmm. For the past couple of days, whenever we meet up with a friend that we haven't seen in a, in a, a short while, that topic always comes traffic. up as well. It was like, oh God, the traffic is back. Like, the traffic I, is returned. We were like, Whoa, it's a good sign, but I don't miss it. You know? you know, that was actually a lot of the pictures that some of the foreign ministry of China were putting out showing pictures of the Guamao intersection totally pa- rammed. I don't want to like, go there. This is wonderful. And I was like, really? Is it? <laughs> I, I mean, yes, great economy's coming back and all of that, but yeah, I yeah. really don't miss traffic and I don't miss commuting to office and I have to start going back to office next week. Oh yeah. I'm going back tomorrow. I am not. Well, they gave us the option to go back last week. They were like, you can go back. I asked my producer and she's like, oh, well, I'm not going back until Monday. So I'm like, okay, me too then. Same. We we had the option to go back. I was like, no, I still feel the, but to be very honest, I still feel pretty, like I feel a lot weaker than Mm -hmm. um, I used to. Later than us. Yeah. And then it's like when I work, well, I haven't even tried to work out. It's when I even try to climb up like two flights of stairs. Why are you climbing up two flights of stairs? <laughs> you don't have an elevator in There's your certain places that just don't have elevators. <laughs> oh, and, wow. and when I do that, like my heart kind of races. I was on the subway for... 
two hours the other day. Mm. My wife and I were going across the city to pick up a cat in Shunyi mm. from the southwest of Beijing. Yeah. And by the time I got there, I was like a little out of breath from just standing because yeah. the subways are packed too now. And like before it was like you get on the train and it's like, this have is you, my car. Have you, right? Yeah. Have you seen those photos of people just being like, oh, wow, I am the only person yeah. on this train yeah. on the subway. Mm. But now it's the opposite. And so there's just standing room pretty much as soon as you get on. And I was yeah. standing on three different trains mm -hmm. because I had to transfer twice. And by the time I got there, I was like exhausted from like having to stand on the subway. And I was yeah. like, is this because I'm just lazy and out of shape or is, did COVID <laughs> that's what I did my to butt? It. That's what I said to that. That's a question I asked myself as well. I was like, did I, is it because I put on, you know, a couple extra <laughs> pounds or is it because of age and why mm -hmm. am I? But apparently, I mean, a lot of doctors are uh, really trying to tell people on social media that just really take it easy. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, try to stay active and walk a little bit and stuff, but don't immediately get back into... Today will be the first day after the show. I'm going to the park to do my 10,000 steps again because I want to get back into this routine because I, yeah, I put on a little weight too. Same here. And, and I'm like, I, I want to get, get rid of it as well. So, but you know, if you start to feel like you're a little out of breath or your heart is racing yeah, a little bit, just a break, stop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't, don't push yourself too hard. Don't exhaust it because it actually could be dangerous. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a huge number of people got COVID in Beijing. Did you see the guy who was playing, oh, I can't remember, badminton or something on the floor? That My wife showed me this really viral Douyin, you know, TikTok yeah. video of this guy in Beijing, I, I presume, mm. who was playing badminton. He was like, he had COVID and it was like mm. a week later and he was like, I'm going to go play yeah. badminton. And then he Not was on the, on the ground. He couldn't breathe. He did survive, but it was like... No, luckily, you shouldn't yeah. just be going right back into aerobics. Yeah, there, there are videos of other kind of semi-pro or pro athletes who went back to training after they tested negative, you know, after they recovered. But it actually put a, puts a huge strain on their heart muscles and, you know, all of that. Mm. So just take it easy and don't rush back into a really intensive workouts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, what really frustrates me is because everyone was basically home for two to three weeks or so, like a lot of international media grabbed onto all these videos of empty malls and stuff mm. and made it seem like, you know, there was some kind of apocalypse in China. So <laughs> we're I, I, done. <laughs> yeah, there, there's one Chinese person left sad sitting by a lake. I saw this everybody meme. else disappeared. Yeah. The, I, I saw a meme of that. There's this one lady sitting by a lake looking out and it says last Chinese person enjoys view of lake. And it's like, come on. Okay. Mainstream media, get over yourself. That is not what it's like. So I wanted to talk a little bit about international year, new year. For me, I went to a place called Wukasong, which is the coolest place in the city <laughs> on the West side. I wish, I wish everybody could see my face right now <laughs> you know i okay if you haven't seen jason's video mm, that mm, he made the vlog he made i have to say it's a very well done video and I, it actually looked really lively and jason and i had a private conversation there about this tens of thousands it was a people. lot of people it seemed like it was really well designed us uh, you know the space was well designed well planned out and it seemed like there were a huge variety of shops and vendors and i you know i've never been to that place once it's Jason is smirking right now. I swear, I really want people to see him. But anyway, <laughs> I don't deny that Ukoson area looks very lively. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I actually really want to go and experience it. Friday night's the best night. But I'll just put it out here. I will never say the words that Wukasone is better than Sanitan or the West is better than the East well, side. It's will. never going to come out of my mouth. But I wanted to point this out because I was in Sanitan the night before, which was Friday night, and it was busy. Now, not like 
ram packed. Yeah. But it was busy. And then <laughs> Wukasong, obviously it's New Year's Eve, so it was really rammed. And I'm sure if I was in San Leeton, it was rammed too. But my point being, from Christmas to New Year's, it was like Beijing got turned back on. And yeah. since then, since New Year's passed, it was almost like the perfect marker. I've noticed that things are basically just back to nor it's normalcy. Yep. Is that what you've noticed on the west on the east side? <laughs> So I can't speak on Christmas or New Year's Eve because actually, you were home. <laughs> no, because we were actually in Salmon. Oh wow! I actually went trout. No, we went for the film festival. Where, uh, you know, which is something we can do now. Just jump on the train. You don't need to any COVID oh, test. No. So you don't have to scan to go into the yeah. airport. You don't have to show negative results and stuff, which is such you a huge relief. Get on the train. And, get off the train. Yeah, and we went to Salmon. It was a short film festival that my boyfriend was a judge mm -hmm. at. And we went to Gulangyu, which is a little island. And mm -hmm. it was very, it was a lot of people at the mm -hmm. festival, some celebrities, and they had like a whole red carpet thing. Mm -hmm. It was very fun. And then when we came back, we came back on New Year's Eve and we were just a little too exhausted. So mm -hmm. we, we didn't go out. Mm -hmm. But days after that, wherever we went, it was, it was full restaurant and the delivery speed is back up. I don't know if you recall that yeah, time yeah, yeah. when everybody was kind of sick. It was and around December 12th. I tried to order something. Oh and God, it, was it like, would take like an no, hour, two hours, come. or it didn't come. It, it didn't doesn't come. come. So three hours later, we just canceled it. But yeah, everything got between Christmas and New Year. Everything basically ramped up again. On my way here, there was traffic. It's a Sunday. You it's know. really interesting that you mentioned traveling between cities. My wife and I are planning on going to uh, Chengdu in a few weeks. Ooh, we're really, really excited times. about that because we don't have to do any special preparation. Just get a hotel, get a train, go. I know. That period of time where we have to like think about getting a, a I remember I don't know if you recall like before the massive COVID testing where you had to pay for like a one person COVID test uh, report yeah, yeah. in 2021 and, mm. and early 2020 there are facilities and you have to go get a report and you're like oh my god am I gonna be okay you know? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not okay if I'm not negative I won't be able to travel now you just like basically as long as you feel well enough you're able to just do things as normal, kind of. And what else is normalized? And as of January 8th, uh, according to, I think this is Xinhua, the State Council's Joint Prevention and Control yes. Mechanism on December 27th to take effect on January 8th, international passengers arriving in the Chinese mainland no longer need to quarantine or undergo a nucleic acid test <laughs> on arrival, which means if you're in the States and you want to come to China, you can just go to China. Yeah, you All arrive you need, you and need you a go. Ticket. Yeah, well, that too. The, the, the fine thing. Walking so we have a far. <laughs> might involve a little bit swimming. As well. yeah, yeah. Um, our friend, our dear friend, uh, Kyle just came back from uh, Ecuador. He was in uh, Peru and Ecuador for, I think, six, seven months for business. And he just came back. And when he was booking his ticket, he was like, oh, God, I want to come back. But I also want to just book my tickets to for like January 8th. So that mm. I don't have to do quarantine at all. He still did five days quarantine in Hangzhou because mm, he mm, mm. because he arrived before that took effect. And wow. he was like, I was like, don't come back later just so that you don't have to do quarantine, you know? Well, and I mean, I think a lot of people we've noticed, mm. uh, I've, I've definitely certainly noticed, we've talked about this, uh, left China to go back home, see relatives. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, it's too inconvenient. I don't want to quarantine in a hotel. I'm not even, is it going to be expensive hotel, cheap yeah. hotel, good hotel? Not sure. Don't want to do that. So a lot of people didn't come back. Now, for a lot of people who really do want to return to China, mm. I see they're going to be, I predict, a flood of people coming back to China in the next few months. Actually, my friend 
friends uh, around me, they've already taken the step to basically as soon as the uh, quarantine rules were relaxed, mm. they booked their tickets to either go travel in a nearby city or go see their family immediately. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite Chinese few, New Year, this is going to be almost normal this year. Yeah, quite a few of my friends are already in like Korea, they're in the States, they're mm. in Japan, and then they're going to come back. They just took an immediate vacation yeah, outside yeah, yeah. of China. because You have a friend in Hong easy. Kong who did the same thing. He's from America. He had not left China at yeah. all. And then they were like, okay, we're going to change the rules. And he left two days ago. Yeah. And also Andy <laughs> Borham, writer for the Shanghai Daily, yeah. he hadn't been able to travel home very easily. He just flew to Australia, presumably to go back to New Zealand, and he'll be back in a few weeks. So a yeah. lot of people are like flying in and out. Now, I wouldn't say that it, you know flights are going to be full right now immediately, but in the coming weeks and months, I think we're going to get up to full capacity. And I think we can probably expect the, the, the flight price to flatten a little bit, you know, to go back to a kind of normal level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the planes are full again. Yeah, right? I was I was looking at flight tickets because I'm not planning to go anywhere yet. I need to save money, you know. For what? But Okay, I do have plans. I would love to be able to go to Tunisia this year. Oh, wow. Um, and then Why Serbia Tunisia? again, because they have Cuban salsa festivals <laughs> there. I'm sorry. I bought a ticket in 2019. I was expecting to oh. go in 2020. I had this calendar on my wall, you know, the month, the, the, the monthly planning calendar or, mm. or, or it was a day calendar. I can't remember, but it was a big thing that I posted on my wall. And I remember like highlighting the two weeks I was going to be in Tunisia mm. with this purple highlighter. And I said, to, I wrote Tunisia over it and that didn't happen, but oh. I still bought a 500 euro ticket to that thing. What so, happened to this money? I, I mean, the ticket's still still viable. Oh, so you could just hold on to it. I'm not sure if I could hold on to it for another year. So we'll see. Well, you know, I, I have a very similar story. My wife and I, 2019, the end, we had just come back from Boracay. Oh, nice. And we were like, wow, you know, we've been traveling a lot outside of China. Basically, since my wife and I got together in 2013, technically we're a couple in 2012. Oh, wait, it's 10-year anniversary coming up for you guys. Uh, Well, our girlfriend-boyfriend anniversary already passed in December 12th. This is your marriage anniversary? Our marriage anniversary is a year from now. But my point is we always traveled (laughs) abroad. We went to Japan twice. We went to Malaysia. We went to the Philippines. All the uh, more countries than I can remember right now. But then we were like, end of 2019, we're like, what are we doing? We haven't seen China and we live in China. I mean, she's been to five or six provinces and I've only been to five or six provinces. So we were like, we're going to go see every province of China. Yeah. So 2020 started and we're like, oh, okay. No. <laughs> so now, now that everything's opened up, that that's my goal for 2023. I want to hit every province and territory of China. I don't, it would be interesting to hear from our listeners as well. I don't know if this is kind of the same thinking for a lot of people. I actually am trying to do more short weekend trips mm-hmm. to different to cities that are easy to get to. Yeah, you know, yeah. I want to go to our friends from Handan. Hebei province. We want to go there. And I just, for some odd reason, want to go to Qingdao just for a couple of days. We talk about Qingdao a lot for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, my boyfriend has this weird inkling to go to Dalian. Like he didn't really know that much about Dalian, but it just came up. Um, and then our friends, our dear friends, Jen and Charles and their daughter Delilah mm-hmm. right now is at the Harbin Ice, Ice Festival. Festival. And they just sent me like 50 pictures. And I was, you know, very mesmerized, but also super jealous and that yeah. so jealous that it makes me mad. But they're having a great. They're having a great time there. You're technically not from Harbin. You're from a different. I'm from way. a different province. Yeah, different province. So yeah, and um, I just want to make all of these short trips. I want to go down to Guangxi again. We were in Salmon. That makes me feel a little more comfortable going back there for like not business but pleasure. I think a lot more people are making similar plans. Yeah, I think so too. Do you know the term revenge shopping? Revenge. This is revenge traveling. Yeah, they, well, I think a lot of people are concerned in the international community about China 
China, what's going to happen in the market. And I am not a, in a position to advise people what to what kind of investments to make. And actually, I recently learned mm. it's illegal in the United States to advise people what stocks to buy unless you're a qualified professional. But I do want to say this. <laughs> everyone I've talked to has been telling us, me the same story that Alex and I have been telling, have been talking about right now, that everyone's planning on traveling. Everyone's planning on buying those things that they didn't get. So I think my just my unprofessional guess is 2023 is going to be a shower of consumption. Probably. I can't speak on behalf of other people, but for Alex, myself, I'm probably going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm trying to work harder so that I could get more bonus coming oh. so that I could have more <clears throat> money to spend on stuff. What stuff? <laughs> You're going to buy a house? You already have a house. You don't have to share that. <laughs> I don't have a house. I don't have a house under my name. Oh. You know, that's a, that's a way bigger goal. I need to do something bigger to get mm. that. But my friend who's a vegan vlogger, vegan uh, key opinion leader, mm-hmm. recently started doing her live shows. Her name is Christine Little Vegan, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really good content. And she's very lively and we're very close. I have been just buying things from her live streams. <laughs> and she she messaged me the other day. She was like, oh, I messaged her. I said, Christine, did you see what I bought from your live stream? And she goes, yeah, I did. And it was funny because you just came in and then you placed the order and you left. <laughs> and I said, yes, that's the biggest purchase in a live room I've, I've ever made. It was like 1500 quiet. like little green powders. That's supposed, that's supposed to make you feel more energetic and, you know. Well, you know, I, a lot of people subscribe to that. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to plug Jamba Juice, but in Jamba Juice, which is a U.S. chain, people pay extra money, like 50 cents, a dollar uh-huh. to get special powders, like staying awake, being more, you know, yeah. energetic. And they, they put those in there, like yeah. mixtures of fruit. Presumably I miss, to- actually missed the whole juice experience in the States. That's one thing that I couldn't find just very commonly here. There is a juice shop in the embassy area, mm-hmm. but you have to physically go there. There are stuff. lots of like milk tea tea places that serve fruit juice and <laughs> That's stuff. That's the opposite of what juice <laughs> does for you. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. We're talking about outbound travel. I didn't mention or that we're talking about inbound travel. As far as outbound travel, there were some limitations to people being able to try, get certain passports issued, certain kinds of uh, travel documents. Now, outbound travels totally go. Also, actually, yeah. January 8th. So anyone in China who wants to start traveling abroad to do tourism, this is the chance. I actually just read the official notice from the, you know, the I follow the police uh, bureau's official account on WeChat and they put out wow. official notice on that and they actually just put it out. I read it yesterday that mm, they have mm. officially fully resumed all business, all applications for your travel documents, everything that you need to go in and out of the country. So I was like, I told my parents, I was like, go get your passport renewed because their passports yeah, yeah. Ex- expired. And I was talking to my friend. I was like, let's go to Serbia. It's another <laughs> Cuban dance festival. Well, you really that love Cuban dance I do. Um, <laughs> I, it's such a fun time and it's okay. You don't understand, but it's, it's a lot of fun. 
fun. Um, I was like, go get your passport because her passport expired as well. Go get your passport so that we could go to to, to Belgrade, Serbia in November. Also, just I don't know if we're gonna, ever going to get sponsorship from the Serbian government <laughs> or the embassy. The I, most amazing government. I, I actually <laughs> had such a great time and it was such an easy travel because Serbia, mm. uh, like other countries like Thailand, which is one of feel Southeast Asian countries I've been to, mm-hmm. are part of the Belt and Road Initiative. Mm. So it's like 160 countries or something. You don't need to get a local SIM card and you don't... For, what? If you're in the Belt and Road, you're saying you can have one universal SIM card? I think China Unicom and China Mobile, they have like uh, collaborations or, or whatever partnerships with local carriers. When I went to Thailand, I didn't have to get a local SIM card. I just wow. I just opened the... I just sent in a text message or, or I did some operations on the China Mobile app and said that I'm traveling internationally and then they mm. turn on the international roaming data and I didn't have to buy anything and I don't need a visa to go to Serbia. You know what's really interesting about that? Yes. I have a story. Okay, it's a do sad, tell. It's a sad story. Oh no. My wife always, when we arrive in a new country, like mm. to go travel around, she goes and buys one SIM card. She's like, we only need one. I'll just hotspot <laughs> when you need Wi-Fi. And I'm always I having control the bad you, end of the stick for like, I want to upload my videos to IG. No, 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 not right now, Jason. No. So this new uh, BRI thing sounds fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, I have a piece of uh, data in front of me. It's from Statista.com. This Mm. comes from as of September and it's called, Will 2023 Bring China's Tourism Recovery? And it shows in 2018 and 2019 that the amount of money spent outbound tourism expenditure and global top five markets, the amount of money Chinese were spending was roughly double the next country down, the U.S., Mm. and Roughly triple the next country down below that, Germany. So with Chinese tourists outbound again, countries really need to start vying for Chinese tourism because there's going to be so much money to be made. That's the the thing. And um, I hope it is okay for us to talk about it on the show. We know that there are some restrictions that are implemented by countries on Chinese inbound tourists. I understand that you want to, every government probably wants to protect its people and its economy and all of that. But reality is, if you could see, go watch Jason's videos or, you know, we, we're probably going to produce more visual content on that topic that everything has, things have resumed. Um, if you had initial worries and concerns about this, you know, we can't tell other governments what to do. But I think one thing that we want to do on this show is that if you're outside of China listening to our show, we want to bring some perspective to what's really going on here. You know, it's people living in China basically telling you we're doing everything like we're out eating, working, we're back to everything things back to normal and mm-hmm. people are, you know, we got over that initial wave. We got over that kind of, you know, getting sick stage and people are basically eager to spend more money everywhere. Yeah. I think business people oftentimes have a lot of power over what kind of policies are implemented. And when people see like, for example, Thailand, which mm. has no restrictions as far as I know, yeah. when they see the tourism, the amount of money that they'll be making in the next couple of months, I think a lot of policies will change for favor, favor favorably for Chinese tourism. Hopefully. And that's the, and you know, that's the right thing to go. And we've been together in this thing for a couple of years. And let's just, I had a question. I was going to ask you, where do you think 
folks want to go, but you've already said it's Tunisia and Serbia. (laughs) (laughs) Your your friends, where do your family and friends, what kind of places have they been talking about? They want to go this year. I think my mom really wants to go to, we were supposed to go on a trip in Thailand. I think I've talked Mm -hmm. about this story. We had to cancel. I had to personally cancel the tickets on a hotel stay. And it was really painful Mm because I was really looking forward to it. My, I think my mom would love to make that trip happen. Um, Me and my friends were talking about going to, Europe, of course, because I've never, I've only been to the UK and then Serbia. I've never been to other European countries. So I would love to go to Spain. would love to find this guy who dances. Salsa. Honestly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My, my travel map is just going to be salsa, salsa parties. Salsa. Yeah. You will be an international salsa consultant in the future. Maybe, you, will know you know what? Maybe I'll just quit my full-time job and become like, you know, a <laughs> salsa traveler. If that's a salsa influencer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and people are always going to wonder: Is it a dance or the or the the seasoning or the food? <laughs> and that'll be my tagline, you know. Well, you could do both and then confuse people, so people are not really sure what you're talking about. I know, and that should totally be my plan for 2023. But I, I mean, I'm really hearing everywhere that people are talking about um, European countries, Southeast Asian countries, popular kind of the usual hot places for people to go for a good vacation. I think people need that as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I, I have a question for you. Obviously, um, you're. Chinese and I'm not. And Chinese New Year, as we mentioned in our previous show, is the mm. biggest holiday in China. And also, you know, Lunar New Year might be the largest holiday in the world. We'd have to really check in terms of the amount of people celebrating it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, you know, Christmas or Chinese New Year. I'm just guessing one of those two is probably yeah. the biggest holiday in the world, which is coming up immediately. And my question is, are people, because the tradition is to go home yeah. to mom and dad's house. Yeah. Is that what people are going to be doing? Absolutely. Uh, my friends who have been uh, my friend Emma, who hasn't been uh, going home for Chinese New Year for three years, she's going to go home this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Kyle is going home this year. Like a lot of people, you know, either because of work or because previous restrictions or previous concerns mm-hmm. or trying to not uh, visit their family during Chinese New Year for the past mm-hmm. couple of years. But this year it's like everybody's going. They say, specialists say that it is sometimes referred to as the largest annual migration in yes. the world. So I'm looking forward to comparing notes with 2023 with 2019 and see, you know, how much is it fully recovered yeah. or is it similar or people? I think it'll be bigger, actually. There, because in the past, there was the tradi- there was an increasing skew towards going on vacation during this time, <laughs> skipping mom. Where? That was kind of like a trend that was happening. But now that people haven't been home for a couple of years, you think maybe mom's more of a priority this year? Probably, but like we... So like my mom and my dad's families are all back in uh, Zilin province. Mm. They actually were able to kind of squeeze in a couple of visits last year to see their siblings. I haven't been back to the Northeast for a long time for Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. And this year, my mom's like, you know what? We're, we can travel freely. So let's not go back to Dongbei. (laughs) She actually. (laughs) So where are you guys going? We're going to Tsinghuanda. We're going to do like. uh, Remind me where that is, please. So that's in Hebei province as well. Uh, it's one of the famous beaches. We're going to Anraya, uh, uh, or I don't know how to pronounce that in English, actually. In Chinese, it's called Anaya. Hebei is Shijiazhuang. <laughs> that's a very <laughs> specific knowledge. Well, because I have a map on my desktop of and China. And that's the and only just, city that's pointed yeah, out. Yeah, it just yeah. has the capitals. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, it's a very cute vacation spot. And then uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm butchering the name of that in English as well. Uh, Anaya in Chinese. Mm is a new hotspot for cultural activities. They have 
uh, theater festivals. They have all kinds of art exhibitions and the architecture and buildings that were put there. Yes. So it's like an art beach. Pretty much. Art vacation resort resort beach thingy, you know. (laughs) Like, what are the beaches like? Because when I went to Qingdao, I felt like, oh, these are not, you know, Sanya beaches. Sorry, Qingdao. Is that what you think Qinghuangdao is like? Have you been there before? I've been to Qinghuangdao before, but that was over 10 years ago when I was in college. And Qinghuangdao, because of its fame, a lot of, it's it's a very, you know, it's an easier access to beaches for people in the north instead of having to go down to, to to Sanya. You were just in to, Xiamen, so you're just on the beach. There's a theme developing. Sort of, I know. I love just Salsa and beaches. <laughs> 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 if you could just have a festival for salsa dancing on the beach, you'd be complete. I mean, that's what the Tunisia festival is oh, about. It's, on it's, the beach. it's seven days of salsa festival on a resort. It's like, uh, you know, like an exclusive location. It's on an island, so it's surrounded by beaches. Have you heard a rumor? Because I tried to confirm this rumor and I couldn't find any hard data uh-huh. that there are going to be fireworks within the fifth ring this year. Oh my God. Okay. That is absolutely a rumor for now. Um, and there were people, it was going viral. So I wanna, I, before you can finish answering for people who don't know, Beijing is set up in rings and fifth ring is like the, a wide area. Of most of its residents. Yeah. yeah. So like outside of the fifth ring is less developed. It's more like suburbs and inside of the fifth ring is more like the city of Beijing properly. And a I think 2019, maybe the first Chinese New Year, where they were like, "Okay, fireworks can only happen outside the fifth ring." It was, it was, uh, it was before that for sure. Because my parents mm-hmm. live outside of fifth ring mm-hmm. road; they live between the fifth and the sixth ring road. Um, and I guess, I mean, if to be f- more friendly towards our listeners outside of China, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like the idea of playing firework needs a little more explanation for them, because people are yeah, go for it, you know, because because a lot of people are like, "Oh, my my coworkers in Singapore." They were complaining about, you know, the fireworks being a little lame for China, for New Year's Eve in Singapore. I was like, you guys don't understand the joy of setting off fireworks on your own, like yeah. actually going to. And it's not just like, you know, those um, what do you call those yeah. little sticks like fairy? Right. St- yeah. It's actual firecrackers and fireworks that people set off in, you know, an empty piece Almost. of land. I would say 70 to 80% as large as the full professional fireworks that they set. See, in San Francisco, for example, yeah. on New Year's Eve, they set out these huge boats in mm-hmm. the bay mm-hmm. and they set off full-size professional fireworks. Yeah. Some of the fireworks you can buy in China are like 70 to 80% the size, but you can yeah. buy it. Yes. So personal people, purchase. Yeah. So in the past, Beijing, you know, I was taking off in an airplane 2013 or 14, yeah. Chinese New Year Eve. I've done that as well. Like it's so the beautiful. The was covered in fireworks, like light and explosions. Right before you amazing. land, right before you land, it's like little sparkles coming because you're higher up. And, and it's, it's like days long. Yeah. And it's little sparkles coming out of like city light lit map it's and it's very beautiful it's, it's like nothing else in the and world. on chinese new year on the day of or you know actually the when we were allowed to like set fireworks the loudest day was the 15th day like the lantern, lantern festival, festival because you have to like you're not allowed to just set off fireworks anytime during the year it's during chinese yeah, yeah, new year yeah. celebration and lantern festival is the last day you can yeah. so people are trying to get rid of all <laughs> of their you know stocked up fireworks mm. and it's like the like noise everywhere it's mm. just that's you can part go of the from intersection 
to intersection with the big it's, crowds of people there just all putting their fireworks in the streets and blowing them off. It's amazing. It, that kind of like festivity is. But what is the meaning, Alex? Why do we do it? Is it just for fun or is there some deeper context? <laughs> I mean, the origin of it, of course, is to there is there is sort of a folklore that this monster called Nian yeah. um, would come and try to eat the, the crops or threaten the family. And so in Chinese New Year, the apparently the Nian monster is said to be scared of the color red and loud noises. Mm. So Chinese people developed this firecracker. And oh, before I go on, I want to ask you, Jason. Sure. So you, you, you guys see fireworks all the time and stuff, but were you like, before you came to China, have you ever seen like firecrackers? Have you like set off firecrackers? Well, I had one time in my uh, young life, 12 or 13 years old, an illegal firecracker, which is what in California, uh-huh. firecracker is a, like a little bomb, very small bomb. Uh-huh. We had thing, I think it was called an M80, which was too Oof. big and illegal and it smuggled in from a different state. Yeah. I don't like and the fact that I had a, a name that involves a letter and number. I, I, we, bur- <laughs> <laughs> we buried it in the dirt and it blew up and it like oh made God. the dirt come up. So, uh, we were a little more safe within some people who can get injured using these. Yeah. And July 4th, we're allowed to use fire, what they call fireworks, but they're very small. Yeah. And they just like kind of spin on the ground and make a color yeah. or you hold a stick in your hand like you were talking about. And that's yeah. about it. Yeah. If you want to see real fireworks, you have to go watch a professional show set up by your, your county or yeah. your town or the state or whatever. So when I came to China in 2012, in 2013, I saw Chinese New Year for the first time. I was like, wow. <laughs> yes, because it's not just fireworks where you kind of hear a distant boom and then you see the beautiful fireworks in the sky that is super high up it's also the firecrackers that were designed the firecrackers are like like a huge chain of yeah, yeah, yeah. little That's tiny my, little my things my father-in-law my wife's father he likes that one it's kind of um categorized into how many how many sounds how many times it explodes you know if yeah, it has yeah. like 500 that's like a small one because that's going to go off in like within like five seconds wow. and then we have the the 1000 sounds once 3000 sounds once my my mom actually did this is so for lack of a better word so gangster i loved it she one uh one year when we we're back in changchun she bought one that was a hundred thousand hits wow and that thing went on for like i don't know how long like they <laughs> they unrolled it and they paved the 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 street the street yeah you, you know, inside of the compound, of course, it's not mm-hmm. on the street where cars are, uh, where there are cars. But that thing went on for so long and people loved it because going back to what I was saying earlier, the loud noise and then the red paper that wraps the gunpowder um, are were designed to scare off the Nian monster mm-hmm. so that if we could drive off the Nian monster for the new year, new lunar mm-hmm. year, we'll have... Peas and harvest. Yeah. I've heard a similar, because there are different, all kinds of different ancient Chinese like uh, traditions that have led up to these things. One of the explanations I heard was that the fireworks get rid of the bad vibes kind yeah. of. And then like, that means that the whole year is fresh and ready. So I think this rumor that's going around that big cities are going to be allowing fireworks <laughs> would be so exciting. I would be the first person I to would just come out and, and yes. just buy everything they have. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I, I miss that joy so much. And of course there's fire hazard uh, yeah, and there's that, pollution that, involved. The, t- the two big reasons you named. Yeah. They're worried about pollution. Mm. And then they're also worried about, 
maybe that old wooden buildings might catch fire. And then there are mishandling uh, fireworks that people, <laughs> this, this is a thing if like for our dear friends in China. And then if you ever have the chance to come to China where you can't play fireworks, if you, if you light it and nothing happens, do not go and check on what's going on. <laughs> bad idea. Very bad idea. Let me idea. look really closely. Please don't do that. And, but that fun is incomparable. I don't think anything, mm. any other holiday celebration brings a kind of similar, similar type of joy. Mm. Well, I, I guess a big question for me is shifting away from Chinese New Year and back to consumption because the Chinese New Year is a big thing for consum- consumption. Actually, let's finish that off. So when you go home to see your mom and dad, do you bring things? No, I have to. No, I'm making money. <laughs> like, yeah. I have salaries and what stuff. What kind of things get brought home to mom and dad in China? So, okay. So usually, and um, funny enough, I think this year, Chinese New Year is a very common occasion for people to bring their boyfriend and girlfriend Ooh. to meet their parents, wow. right? And then if you're going to meet your significant other's parents, then you have to bring gifts. Usually take the take notes. Jason. Has Dalton been? Yeah. Yeah. So he's already yeah, done. Yeah. You've already done this. Okay. Yes. Yes. He's and so he's he's going to do a full on Chinese celebration with my family. And Great. Yeah. He's going to have a hard time. I know that because Why? my parents going to go to bed around ten, and Dalton's not going to go to bed around ten. And then around seven thirty, they're going to be like, "Oh, hey, breakfast is ready." <laughs> so he's going to hate that. We'll see how that plays out. Hmm. Um, but if you're going to meet your significant others family, Mm -hmm. then you basically have to buy gifts for every one of them. But it's Mm -hmm. not like, because you've never met them before, so you can't really tailor it to their personal preference. Mm. So it's usually some sort of nutrition supplements and, you know, um, uh, sea cucumbers or just like more expensive food stuff that's going to help with their immune system, with their health. And you bring it back to them. My wife, the first few years I was with her, she was against carrying out these sorts of duties. So one year I went to her mom and dad's with nothing because that's what her advice was. Just don't get them anything. And I learned very quickly. Oh, that is a Bad that, so idea. next year it was two full suitcases. Yes, know, those travel cases. Smart, packed. Jason. I had a backpack for clothes. Yeah, and these two cases it's full all of like nuts and Beijing ducks in the bag. Yes, and like the, the you know they sell boxes of stuff in the grocery store that are this and that yeah. and oil and whatever. And so that was like, and the, things went more smoothly that year. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that is a lesson that I've had to learn the hard way. That yeah. in fact, this is a an, a a responsibility to the family yes. to shower mom and dad, you know, because it goes both ways because when I'm there, mom is making food the whole time or providing huge meals and stuff. My mom has already written out the the menu for yeah. like the first two days. So and- it's, it's everyone is participating in the act of consumption. Well, my point in bringing this up is mm. there's going to be a lot of spending in China soon. I have no the doubt. The economy is going to be bound. You know, have you heard the term dual circulation economy? No, this is something that the Chinese government has been working on since mm. I don't know, 2018 or so. You know how bad I am with dates, so don't it to <laughs> me. Uh, but one of the things that China wants to do is transition to somewhat of a consumption-based economy. Yeah, and when that was starting up, that's when the COVID situation developed. And so, mm. what we're looking at is 2023 may be the year that when it, 
that really kicks off, where Chinese people become the consumers of all of the products that they have been exporting for so long. We're going to be witnessing for sure. We're going to be seeing a transition to China becoming perhaps the largest consumer market in the world. I'm kind of surprised that we're not. Uh, maybe you, you are. Know, I, I think mean, we actually, probably already are. It, it, but I think on a level and a scale which is going to disrupt markets. Mm. So people are going to, investors probably should start taking heed. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just the tips. So we're not giving out like professional advice. You're listening to The Bridge. I'm obviously on the west side of Beijing and outside of Wukasong and Shidan, uh-huh. there's not a lot of hotspots. Mm. But over on your side of the city, there are numerous places to go. You have Chijuba, yes. Sanlitun, Shuangjing, yes. Chaoyang, I can Salana, and on and on and on and on. Yeah. So you have a better other than traffic. Could you tell me a little bit about all are all of these places starting to kick off? Is it mostly Friday night? We haven't been we're because we're still working from home. So we haven't been, you know, doing a lot of walking around the city and stuff. But when we went to work from a coffee shop, people are back in the coffee shops or kids are back in there getting their little pastry. Mm-hmm. We also went to Shangjing the other day and uh, we went to this place called Plan B. I don't yeah, know if yeah, you've yeah. been there. I have. Right? And Many times. Plan B. I used to live there above it. Oh, really? Yeah, I was in that building facing north, looking at Guamau. I had oh, that's people were so view. jealous. We used to have to have parties at our house because people wanted to see the view. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. But I, we went there. We had a, you know, we had a meal. And it was the, 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 it was very lively there as well. And then we went to last Friday. We went to our favorite spot in the city, Beer Smith by Hotel Jen, because we're, you know, very good friends with the band that plays at Hotel Jen and band manager slash vocal slash keyboard just came back from New Zealand. Zealand. So people are returning. Yeah. And they have two new musicians coming in very soon. I think next week as well. Wow. To, yeah, to put the full band together. And Beersmith was kind of like our indicator for how things are going because we go there all the time. And it is in CBD. It's in the heart of business mm. in Beijing. And a lot of people, business people would go there, uh, tourists as well, because they would stay at the hotel, just come mm. down to the hotel bar to watch the live band. And when we went there again. We brought our friends and it was busy. There was no place to sit. Mm. And the, the band was back on stage. And it was actually a little bit touching because we had our friend that just came back from uh, South America. America mm-hmm. and I had other friends and we look, we're like this is exactly what we did like last year like you know a year ago it's the same group of friends mm-hmm. the same sceneries and we went through a lot of changes uh, in the middle of 2022 but things mm-hmm. are back and that was our you know that was our kind of little tell on hopefully things will be the same again. I think anyone who has lived in China knows that I don't know the exact statistics but at least two-thirds Three quarters of all the the Lawai, the foreigners who yeah. live here in China, English teachers. <laughs> I don't know the exact numbers, but if you meet someone and yeah. they're under 40, they're probably an English teacher. Mm. And so all of these schools have been stretched thin yes. classes with one teacher jumping from class to class to class, yeah. just spread out. I think this year is going to see the transition back from, I don't know, 100,000 foreigners who are currently here to where it was 300, before. Yeah. It was maybe 300 I'm in major cities. It was 600,000 foreigners in China uh-huh. teaching. So we're going to see a huge boom of people from all over the world coming to China to teach. And it's not just 
the United States, Canada, Australia, mm. England, a lot of the English teachers oftentimes come from other countries as well. Zambia. Yeah. I've met English teachers from Zambia. I've meet, met English teachers from Colombia. I've met English teachers from, just met one from Argentina. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of foreigners coming back. It's a really exciting time to see yeah. China becoming more lively because actually I've noticed in the last six months or so when I go out in public, yeah. people are like, look, why? Yeah, (laughs) that hasn't happened in a long time. And I think in a year it won't be happening anymore. Yeah, definitely. And then when we say that the opportunity, when we talk about opportunities of coming to China to work, it's not just teaching English. (laughs) We, you know, in the movie industry, animation industry, or even, yeah, business industry. Translation. Lawyers. All of it. There are a lot of positions that really need people that are native speakers or who have experiences operating business overseas. And have professionals who actually do that in their home countries. Returning to China is going to change things a lot. Because in the last couple of years, I've seen some English teachers transitioning from English teaching to jobs that desperately needed someone. I knew someone who was an English teacher and now they translate. There's an app that does food for foreigners. So it's competing with Meituan and Alama. And so they hired someone to oh my God. edit the English. So my friend is actually edits all of the final English for yeah. that app to make sure that it makes sense to foreigners. So, you know, final finalizations, there are all kinds of positions and jobs and people will be taking those up. I'm actually really excited, not just because I want to see foreigners in China. Honestly, that I don't care. <laughs> my point is... If there are lots and lots of people globally coming into China yeah. and lots and lots of people from China going, going out, out. Yeah. that is building bridges. That is cultural connections. People oftentimes in the last couple of years may have not seen the correct representation of what life is here is really like. Yeah. And with these mini ambassadors returning, they'll be talking to their families back yes. home. They'll be talking to their friends back home yes. and they'll start giving a more accurate representation of what life in China is really like. Absolutely. And that's what we have been trying to do on this <laughs> tiny little podcast of ours. And hopefully that gives you a little more. But hundreds of thousands of helpers could really be nice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's gather them. Let's yeah, make sure yeah. they all do the same thing as we do. Yeah. So I'm really excited because this is going to fundamentally change the global perspective on China and China. Maybe I don't, I'm not actually sure what per- Chinese perceptions are like of the world. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it goes both ways for you know, uh, media consumers in other countries and Chinese media consumers. Mm. Well, you see the good and the bad. Can I add something really fast? I'm sorry to interrupt your thought. That's like a third time I've done it recently. I'll keep it. I'll keep it. (laughs) Please keep it. I saw on a couple of giant media outlets in the United States Mm -hmm. that they were saying people are burning their relatives in the street. And what they were doing in reality in those pictures was burning paper money and their, to, their possessions yeah. for them to pass into the next life. And they were these big pyres. Yeah. And it was this gross misrepresentation. I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but they were showing this videos of what looked like pyres where they were not burning people. They were burning their possessions and they were burning paper money and paper Mercedes. And it's probably and not even recent. It's like tube swipping so there or something. Incredibly frustrating. And yeah. there are Chinese people who see things on media, whether mm. it's not even about who's mm. reporting it. People always get to, in this kind of pigeonhole view of what reality yeah. is. And one example, there is a Douyin influencer. This girl's from Morocco. Mm-hmm. She has been singing Chinese pop songs on the street of Morocco and she has so many followers. Wow here and people always watch her sing and all of that and then you know for like earlier mention of some sort of 
travel regulations, not restrictions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, people or someone under her video where she was singing a very popular Chinese mm-hmm. song and the people in Morocco were pleasantly watching her. Some of the comments were like, oh, but your country is doing this, this, that. But most people wow. actually come back to that person under the same thread and say, but what does she have anything to do with it? Like she's, yeah. you know, she's actually spreading Chinese culture mm. to people outside of China. Like you should, if anything, you should encourage and uh, applaud her. I trolls. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think most people still have more common sense and <laughs> they're more sane, but we can't say that they're not kind of skewed rules of what reality is outside of China. And again, same thing for people who are outside of China, not knowing what's going on here. Just don't come to conclusions very easily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually that's a really good point. I'll give my mom for an example. My mom does not own a gun. She doesn't yeah. run around shooting at police and please don't <laughs> shoot at my mom or my brothers. They don't, my brothers don't own guns. They don't run around shooting at police. Not, please. not everybody plays basketball in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All these cliches that are represented by major media and by minor people like between the two countries usually come it seems like come from people who haven't been to those places yeah don't know that much about those places but like like alex just said three or four minutes ago the this the commonalities between life in europe life in africa life in china life in in america is that that people love their families people love their mom people like taking care of their families there are bell curves of normality and what we see in misrepresentations whether it's about china or the united states or somewhere else are usually extreme outliers, <laughs> which get a lot of attention. And that's why media show those pictures. That's a good that's a good word to use. That's actually what kind of forms people's idea about a place that they don't know very much about or they don't have other sources of information uh, for. Like I said, don't think that one video is everybody out of a country that has 1.5 billion people. You're listening to The Bridge. I want to talk about one last thing in terms of like consumption coming up. Yeah. Chinese New Year's activities that you can participate. I have always in 10 years in China uh-huh. been looking to go to a spring festival temple fair. I, you know, I, I have, have never, never been, been to been. Oh, a my fair goodness. myself either. Are, are, these, are these real? <laughs> Why are, I am always hearing that they're happening at this time. They're I've real. never seen them. They're real. They're absolutely real. They're actually really fun. And then I actually love going to fair. So I can show up at like what, a Buddha? temple or a Taoist temple. I think so. Like, you just need to know what time it's taking it's like, place and you just show up. Yeah. Because I want to do this so bad. I saw it in a movie. Yeah. It was Karate Kid, the one about China. Oh my God. <laughs> with, with Will Smith's Jackie son. Chan and, 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 and uh, what's his name? Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. I saw that and I was like, wow, that looks so cool. I want to do that. And then I never saw that. <laughs> that's Come on, Jaden. That's the thing. Like <laughs> the longer you live, the more you realize there's so many things happening without your, without you knowing. And it could be somebody else's like routine and, and reality. And you just didn't know hmm. that it was happening in the yeah, same space. A huge city like this with 20 plus But you plus should, you should people. go. It would make a great episode for your vlog, Jason. Beijing Universal Resort. I've been twice. You've been twice? For free. For free? Well, yes. How did you get in for free? Well, because our friends are the engineers of that place. Wow. Engineers and designers. Well, I'm going to have so to they pay give for us a tickets. ticket, but I want to go there. Uh, obviously, you have Gubei Watertown, Happy yes. Valley, which is 
It's for kids. It's what? On, it's for kids. No. Oh no. my God. Have you been to Happy Valley? I have been to Happy Valley. Did you go on those rides? I was scared. Yeah. You think that's still, <laughs> I still think that's for kids. I don't think that's kids friendly. I would. Okay. My advice is to go when it's still a little chilly because it's not too packed because the weather was, is not going to be considered perfect to go to Happy Valley because you have to go on those roller coaster rides, but mm, yeah, they look too scary. My wife will go on them, uh-huh. but you know, the, they have a very slow train that goes on the outside. I got on that. <laughs> wow, good for you, Jason. <laughs> oh my God. I'm scared. What if I fall out? It could be very dangerous, you know. You'll make and the news. <laughs> so apparently there are also events in parks, but there are lots of things to do. This is just basing. I'm I'm really excited to see people out uh, smiling yeah. in huge crowds again. I'm gonna be taking so much footage in the upcoming weeks. Anyways, it's always a great pleasure talking with you here on the bridge, Alex. Likewise, Jason. 